You're listening to Innovative Minds with Melanie Francis, where we talk to some of the top thought leaders, business leaders, and marketers around the globe. Tune in every Thursday and spark your mind. And now, let's get into it. Welcome back to listening to Innovative Mind Podcast. Today, I have two very special guests here with me who are my team members, my right hand and my left hand. I've got my sales head and my marketing head to discuss something that's been very topical between all of us. And I really wanted to bring that conversation forward. And the topic that we really constantly ask ourselves as we've been trying to develop a product to help the market in scaling their business or moving up is CEOs and whether CEOs should be the forefront of a marketing mix budget. Should CEOs be invested into developing a personal brand on social media particularly? Does it actually make sense or is there a better way that the company's money can be spent? So we'll be diving in together, giving our thoughts, challenging each other. So you can listen on and make a decision for yourself, whether it makes sense to invest in a CEO and to what extent. So I guess, thanks for joining me, guys. Really keen to get your thoughts on should CEOs be invested into by companies? It's interesting, having spent the last few months here, seeing you doing it yourself and and leading by example and, and how that is bringing in business and is educating the market. So for us, it's definitely working. And then as we try and pitch that to potential customers and educate the market about you should be doing this too, it's been interesting seeing who resonates with that and who isn't. You know, we've, we've tossed back and forth between, yes, they need to be, and, but there are risks on the other side of what if the CEO leaves um, and what else could they be spending their money on? Um, but we, we definitely see that it works for us. And um, we look at examples of, I think famous CEOs like Steve Jobs or Elon right now, or maybe Gary Vee and uh, a product, for example, that you like to use, and I'll click up, um, you know, Seb Evans. Um, and there are these examples that where the CEOs have put out content consistently and uh, they've really been able to hire people as a result. They've been able to make sales as a result. Uh, they've been able to generate all the goodwill and publicity for their company. So on the, positive pro side yes i think there's a lot of reasons to do it um but then we see some of the ceos we talk to they're so busy they're stressed and they just think oh not another thing i need to do one more thing um so i can see why some people start questioning you know why should i be doing that why i have a product why do i need to be doing all this extra extra stuff you know producing content yeah i want something outside of me Um, and and i wonder i guess um is there a moment in time when the company is evolving and it's not all on the CEO anymore because, you know, you've got now lots of people and does he like, you know, kind of pass the baton? Um, you know, that's kind of interesting. Or does should he still be prevalent in and be the forefront um, of social media, particularly because it's such a big consumption now on social media? Or is there a time that he kind of I know CEOs want to kind of back off and go, you know what, I've really done the hard yards. Like it's time for you guys. And that's something Paul and the one I tell you guys 
you know, you should be now taking the baton on and publishing content. But, you know, is there a time that CEOs can actually step back from doing it and pass it to employees to carry the baton on? What's your thoughts, Paul? Yeah, it's interesting. If you think about Apple, uh, for example, and Steve Jobs, you know, um, you know, obviously it's it's sad that he passed away, but does anyone actually know the new CEO of Apple or the new leader within Apple? We don't. And maybe he probably didn't have the foresight before he passed away to, to build that so that Apple would still have a face to its brand. Um, and, and it's not that Apple's dying or, or, or you know, anything, anything um, in that sense is happening, but, you know, I guess Steve Jobs became so synonymous as, as Apple that, you know, we, we became emotionally attached to Apple because of Steve Jobs. So in that sense, yeah, I mean, I guess you never know what's going to happen. Is a CEO going to leave a company um, or is he going to exit, you know? And, and so it is, I guess, um, a really, really good question. Should we also be passing that baton on to other people within the company? Absolutely. But is the CEO probably going to have the most effect in, in I guess, capturing its, that, that company's target audience? most likely. Um, and we see it like Thrun said with with uh, companies or with CEOs right now, like Elon Musk or Gary Vee, or even Richard Branson, you know, people, people buy um, their products because they're naturally, um, you know, I guess, emotionally attached to the CEO. And they listen to every single word that these people are saying, and, you know, almost taking it for gospel. I mean, Elon Musk can shift the whole US stock market with just one tweet. So that's how much influence he has. So yeah, that's my my thoughts on that one. Yeah, it's interesting. The other thing, my thoughts about it is no matter how good the CEO's personal brand is, I think at the end of the day, the product still has to have a product market fit. So it might get me to, you know, go and see what they're doing and go and see their product. But, you know, I love, for example, how Zeb Evans on ClickUp, how much he shares and he's got a real brand and a distinct brand, the way that he wears that particular vest all the time that, you know, you kind of connect it with Zeb Evans. So it's really branding himself as a memorable thing. But once I go to ClickUp, I think the product has to be good enough for me to then buy it. So I don't think the CEO alone can go and conjure up huge business. I think you still need to have uh, you know, a product market fit at, at the bottom that's solving a real problem and doing it in the most effective way. Because I think a lot of people expect I've done that and I'm going to get X out of it. I think it's just a touch point in your marketing mix. So it comes down to like how much do you actually then put of your marketing mix into your CEO, into your employees, into Google ad spend, into LinkedIn ad spend, into creative, like how do you kind of, you know, actually divide that up as a company who's got a budget, like, you know, and then go, does it make sense for me right now in the state I am to go and do CEO personal branding? Like what stage should they even be bringing that into with a limited budget potentially? And then if they've got a really wide budget, of course, that makes sense. Look, I think we're almost seeing a huge, almost renaissance of personal branding becoming um, like one of the most popular or most important ways to brand a corporation now. Um, And what I mean by that is with advertising, um, 
the price of advertising on social media is is just skyrocketing. People uh, or consumers are becoming less interested, I think, in advertising because just there is too much of it. Previously, we used to we used to do a lot of personal branding with celebrities. So it used to be about, you know, having Ashton Kutcher on the forefront of Lenovo computers. But Ashton Kutcher, he might have be a really, really good looking guy, but he doesn't really have any knowledge that the consumer wants to, to um, learn from about Lenovo computers. And so this is where people within the company, you know, within the hierarchy of a company, it doesn't have to be a CEO, can have so much influence in building that trust in, in the product and, and basically humanizing a product. Yeah, I think we're living in an interesting time where, you know, in the past, you used to watch things on TV or the radio and, you know, nobody, I, I don't think we ever liked being sold to, and, but we had no choice. But then now we've got Netflix and streaming services, so you can stop, you know, being forced advertising down your throats. So there's less and less advertising uh, coming at us because we're not watching as much TV. So then when we see advertising maybe coming at us on social media, I think, you know, maybe we reject it more or it's got to be cleverer or it's going to come from, you know, a, a person's voice, um, especially in the age of social media. We, we interact with people more um, and companies to some extent, but mostly people, I think, you know, look at the followings that is it The Rock and Beyonce and all kinds of people have on Instagram, like 150 million followers. So you can have these interesting relationships with tens, hundreds of millions of people at once and you can put out content that reaches so many people today as a CEO or that um, it, it makes sense um, and it doesn't cost you that much as well. Yeah, I mean, I look back at some of the CEOs if we look at it and ten, I think 10 years ago, Jane Liu started Shopo and she used her own brand. She still continues to have her own brand to go and market herself and attract the exact like-minded audiences to her brand, you know, and people wouldn't do that if it wasn't working. Um, you look at Chris Walker, he's built a whole marketing agency just on himself. I mean, when we were looking at him and Refine Labs, we were seeing that the people that were coming into their website was just typing Chris Walker in. So there is, I think, particularly, it doesn't matter whether we just talked about B2C, e-commerce brand whether we talked about a marketing agency I think it might be that it definitely works for a particular CEO who is really inspirational to watch or connect with or can build that connection with on camera or imagery you know and do you think it works for all CEOs or is there actually maybe a particular type is it like it only works for 90 percent or 80 percent um you know, how do you know that whether you should put some of your marketing budget to that CEO and how much should you put into it? Because I guess it depends on how quality of a story you have there, I think, you know, in comparison to maybe a different angle. Look, if you're a charismatic thought leader um, and you are like, a, I guess, a real expert in the field or in the space where your where your product or service is in. I think the power of being a CEO influencer is huge. And a good example of this actually is Chris Walker. Chris Walker's service is in advertising, yet he's probably never put out, and don't quote me on this, a single advert for Refine Labs. But what he does is he personal brands himself 
organically and he's now become one of the most well i guess prevalent and and uh you know seen marketing agencies within the usa especially within the silicon valley so you know if if the proof's in the pudding right there it it, it you know i guess there's not really much else to say than that well gary v is doing it as well i mean that's how gary v absolutely yeah i don't know how many people in his company does it but gary v is out there doing every form of social media personal branding and he doesn't push his actual product um but he is doing the personal branding thing very much so. Absolutely. Maybe that ties into what you're saying before, Mel. Like, I think the CEO can get people in the door. They go, oh, Gary's really good. Gary's LinkedIn. He's inspiring. He gets my attention. He's, um, you know, he's charming. He's, he's a nice guy. He cares about people. And that might make companies want to come work with his uh, Media. But then there's another question of does this product deliver? right? You've still got to deliver. That's exactly right. I mean, it doesn't matter how much content I put out. If at the end of the day, they come in contact with the people within my company and they don't get the same experience as what I'm putting out, I think there could be a detachment. So if you or if Paul, you don't have the same kind of embodiment. So, you know, that's why talent hiring and making sure your people are similar to your brand or have the similar values to how they treat a client or how they see and deliver a service or if it's a product that the experience is how you would give the experience because yeah if you are using your personal brand people are expecting I think that they're going to get a similar experience to what type of you know content you're putting out and maybe the feeling that you leave people with in the experience that you left them with with your video um, right what about the risk of I mean, this has happened with companies that we've helped support, right? Where the CEO or the um, the main C-suite that they've invested into has left the company. And then the company is left with this hole because they've been developing a personal brand within themselves. So that is one of the risks is when you go into personal branding that you've got the key man risk, I guess. So I think very essential that you kind of diversify your investment in personal branding as well, that you don't just have one key person. Like it's very unlikely a CEO is going to leave with, without before doing a tenor. You'll usually know a CEO tenor. Um, and lots of the times they'll do that forever. It's their baby. It's their company. They grow with it. And when there is an exit, it's pretty planned. And, you know, it's if it's an ASX listed company, you kind of know it's like a five, six year tenor that you're investing into. But yeah, I thought that when we've seen that happen and you've seen, you know, a, a management board sometimes being taken out, that's quite, um, if it's not planned, it can be quite shocking. So I think the employees and other people becoming influencers within a company of, and maybe focusing them on particular branding, like, hey, you focus yourself on this particular ideal client profile and put out content because you're passionate about that. Um, what do you guys think about that? Or do you think you should just kind of let people posting is good enough or should it be more strategical on? Definitely. And if a CEO is looking to coming to that point of retirement or that, you know, that, that a company is aware that he's planning to exit or leave, you know, perhaps, perhaps the branding of the next CEO before he even steps into that role could, can happen, you know? Um, so I guess uh, with the right foresight, you know, we companies can can prepare for that in a really sort of 
clever way where they even bring both CEOs sort of into the picture just to for for people to still feel like they can trust the company because the other CEO is there um, that they've always known and they've always listened to, but he's endorsing the new CEO or in a sense, you know, by by having conversations like we're having today with him over over a podcast, for instance. So, yeah, that's really interesting because what is it that someone com- the company loses when a CEO goes? I mean, it's all their experience, their vision, their skills but also their networks with which have been an audience and goodwill that's been built by you know creating content and funding that content by a company so i think yeah what paul was saying i think if you can bring the the new and the old ceos together somehow maybe there's a bit of a there's a handover but also maybe the old audience that was watching the, the first ceo could then start connecting with new audience like the, with the new ceo and hopefully you get some new connection requests and followers and then the company doesn't feel like it's just lost all their followers that that CEO had gained. Um, so if there's a clever way to shift some of those followers over to the new CEO, then it, it doesn't feel like, okay, so it's much of a loss. Well, a clever way is to always make sure that, you know, your followers on your CEO is also getting your followership on your actual company brand is also building at the same time. So, you know, you are inviting your new followers from your CEO into your company brand and you've got good educational content over there as well that's enjoyable. Not everyone's going to follow the company because they find it kind of right now, the way companies are doing social media sometimes isn't educational and it isn't as connective as it could be. But I guess if you are able to do that and um, do do something like what Gartner is doing and share enormous valuable information on your company, there's no reason why you can't be shifting, I guess, your followership from your CEO into your company page. So the better your company social media is, um, the more likely that you're going to get that followership. So, but if you feel um, that, yeah, you've got, you're not able to shift it in the same way, maybe the same followership isn't going to be there on the company page. Very natural, right, Paul? Because we've, we looked at Richard Branson and how many followers he had and how many followers Virgin had. And it was like, he had what billion or something. And they had a million, like something. So it's not a natural thing, isn't it? It's just very natural to be able to be a person and have a lot more followings because people just connect with people, right? Than a company, even though the company's, you know, so well known, but it just seems people want to follow people and their story or the, what they've got to say because they know it's going to be more insightful or it's going to be something they're going to learn, unfortunately, more than what they're going to learn from a company. And maybe that's just the way how we've been branding companies and how we've been pushing out content for personal stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think if you even went deeper into the human psyche of the brain, you know, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself. In fact, I think you and I spoke about this with, with Apple and, and Steve Jobs as an example, you know. Um, you almost become, it's almost like we, we create this superstardom around someone like a singer or, or, a, or an actor um, with CEOs now and, and it almost is that we buy a product purely for the CEO and we, we, we almost put aside the fact, oh, is this product actually the best um, or, or is it just that we have such an affiliation or, or connection to that person and, and, and they inspire us so much that we really, we really, you know, we're loyal to that product for life, you know. Um, and, and you're an Apple fan, so, you know, you'll probably never shift, even if the product became, you know, 
less quality and and another you know competitive product became far superior you'd almost stick with it until to the till the point where it was actually disadvantaging you purely because you have this natural connection to Steve Jobs and his story you know so i mean that's how powerful it is it's huge I mean, I think there is a little bit of Steve Jobs that comes into your mind going, he created it. I think it's a natural emotion that comes into anyone's mind. Do I think I use the product because just for him? I don't think that's true, but I think there is a natural subconscious proudness, I would say, that sits inside of someone's brain of, you know, I am using a product of one of the biggest impact of technology. Like I am, like I'm sitting here and using what this man created, you know, and when I do fly Virgin, I do sometimes think, you know, like I think about Richard Branson's Island and that, you know, I'm, I'm flying an airline where this guy is like so massive that he bought an Island where people pay hundred thousand dollars to go to. So you do kind of, um, you, I don't actually see Virgin when I fly it as a cheaper economy, uh, flight because of the brand I feel around Richard. It's almost impossible to think that you're flying jets. You don't think you're flying a Jetstar level, you know, airline really, because you're kind of thinking you're flying because of his brand that you kind of attach in your brain. It's weird. There is kind of a glow around the CEO, right? Which sort of shines over the company and makes you, sometimes you don't see all the, the good or bad parts of the company because the, the CEOs shine, like the glow takes over. Uh, but then sometimes, you know, talking about depending on CEOs, if the CEO you know, falls out of grace or out of favor in the public eye, then that could be bad for the company too. So I've, I've been reading a lot online and you know, some people are still, Elon still has a huge following, but then some of the things he says now makes people go, I'm not going to buy Tesla. So the same CEO who's able to get all this attention and money and talent can also wipe a lot of that out if you're not careful. <laughs> so... Yeah, but sometimes bad publicity is just as good as good publicity. And I think, uh, you know, Elon Musk's controversial um, persona or, you know, is, is, is probably more effective than less effective, I believe, you know, just because, just because um, you know, he creates that conversation and people like a bad CEO, you know, I mean, he, he is, he's, he's a little cheeky, he's a little naughty. Um, and I mean, you know, some of the things he says has, has wiped literally hundreds of millions of dollars off Tesla overnight, you know, his own company, his own company, but, but then all of a, all of a sudden it goes and grows twice as much in the next six months, you know, so there's something to be said about him, but yeah, definitely. Um, and I think also going to that, you know, if you create trust as, as a CEO influencer, but your product or your service isn't up to scratch, it can be super counterintuitive. So you really need to know that your product or service is, 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 is ticking all the boxes so that when that CEO influencer really does start to take, take effect, or the CEO influencer effect takes effect, the, the product and, and the service or the service is backing that up, you know. So that's probably, I think, probably a really important thing to consider, especially if you're a startup company, um, you know, in, in tech, you know, are you, are you really sure that your product and service is going to match what the CEO's voice is, you know, or, or that attraction that he's going to create around your product? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's going to evolve, you know. You can't expect the CEO like, I think it's better that they start voicing and showing excitement and creating culture or 
putting stuff out than just staying quiet until your product's ready because with the product they will evolve as well um because but one thing that i found that when um one of our ceos went into and raised a lot of money and the brand was changing they started questioning their own position of what they should be putting out because the brand messaging was changing and i think that one thing that i hope everyone can take away is the ceo has it their own brand that is separate to the company brand that you know they're not one of the same just because the company's rebranding doesn't necessarily mean that the ceo is going to fully rebrand because they're their own person and their own thoughts and their own human and what the company is doing whilst they can take from that certain words and everything but you really need to make sure you separate out the two yeah it's a good point definitely and i think you're absolutely right um you know you do if, if you're going into launching a product or a service you know you do need to take on a personal branding role um to to create the excitement before launch date um but i just feel like you do need to think about it or consider having your ducks in a row um as in you know people are going to become very very connected to you um and then obviously if they are buying your product or service and it isn't quite there um it can be very counterintuitive but you're right we do need to still brand ourselves prior so as a final thought if you are a cmo or you're a ceo and you have like a million dollars in marketing budget that you need to put and you need to spread out through social media ads through events that you need to be sponsoring and being part of you know there's a whole bunch of positions that you need to hire for in your company as well so what how would you make sure that you you know would you make sure that you play some of that budget and what if you don't have enough budget would you go and fight for that that budget for the ceo and for employee influencers that you can help them make sure that they do create a brand like you pick a few so you know if you have a million dollars how much of that do you think should go towards influencer marketing of your company profile well i think uh i think you know when you when you look at all the different forms of social media marketing um the influencer marketing or branding is probably one of the more affordable ways to brand a company and you know it's it it's not a quick fix necessarily or it's not going to bring um consistent fast results necessarily it can we've 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 seen it happen time and time with our company and with companies with clients we're working with but you know it is a long term play but i think i think when like i said before when you look at you know the social media advertising versus social media influencer branding um i think it's it's super powerful um it's 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 far more longer lasting um and even even for client uh retention or customer retention you know because because once you have a an emotional connection to someone or a face or a voice within a company um it's much harder to part and i think we were talking about this earlier you would part if obviously the service just wasn't there or the, or or the quality of the product but but ultimately you hold on much longer because you have a natural connection to someone whereas an advert is just an advert and you know it might give you the impulse to buy something because you feel like you need it right now but you might not necessarily hold on to that company for for, for the long term 
you know so so and and also and this is another point you cannot measure the dark social um to the same extent as you can me measure you know a uh, um advertising social media advertising um but you know it's huge and you you've probably got a lot to say on this Tharun and and Mel because it's more in your area of of scope but you know th there there is probably so much that we can't measure necessarily and we are we are measuring a lot but there is so much we can't measure that that's probably having having you know huge impact on a company with both like you said sales um partnerships uh you know, attracting the right talent, uh, raising capital, you know, it's huge. I think, yeah, you made a really interesting point that it is one of the more affordable ones that you could be doing. Like you could do it on the low end. It could be as simple as CEO just sets time aside to write something, right? That doesn't cost, maybe cost their time, whatever that's worth in dollars per hour. But other than that, you know, um, you could start really simply just, you know, grab, grab your phone and just take a photo, take a video of what's happening in the company or whatever your thoughts are. So can be really easy um, for a company to start with this kind of marketing. And then, you know, you can start ramping it up. If you want to increase production quality, if you want to increase their creative quality, if you want more help with distribution and so on, which is where, for example, we might come in with more growth hacks and distribution hacks and, you know, a team of creatives. But before you start that, you can always start by yourself. And a lot of people, you know, are doing that right now. You know, they're, they're on LinkedIn, they're doing this already. They just, whether they realize it or not, they're representing themselves, they're representing their company. Every time they say something, they um, create a piece of content. Um, so yeah, definitely worth getting started. Um, the question of how much should you spend, that's an interesting one. I think it depends where they're at. You know, have they got their website sorted? Are there people already looking for them on Google? Because then capture that, you know, and then once you've maxed that out, then you can start where you're always looking for new ways to grow. And this is another place to grow, I guess. So you can have that happening in parallel with, you know, a CEO strategy um, and a CEO strategy can be quite um, inexpensive. Um, where it can get expensive is that, is, yeah, if you're finding that your writing or your content that your CEO puts out is cutting through, then great, you know, keep doing what you're doing. If it's not working, then you can start experimenting by putting more money into that. Um, and then you can start experimenting, for example, like Paul's on the sales side, you could start using the CEO's uh profiles their social media platforms as like avenues for potential sales or ads or you know you can really leverage that influencer because we do listen to a ceo message like someone you know with a, a c-level title reaching out because we feel important so you can you know start putting more money on that but yeah how much should you be putting in yeah it's, it depends on where you are i think once you've once you've got your basics in order um i definitely think you know you should be looking at that 10% allocation definitely to your, you know, into an influencer package and see how it's returning for you and then ramp that up as, as you kind of see the, you know, benefits of that. But I think you should start somewhere of helping your CEO and employees become influencers because social media is a real opportunity and we're spending more time, you know, we're having a quick look at it. Um, so I, I see, you know, an opportunity there and how you invest into them becoming influencer. It doesn't have to be necessarily they have to put out um, content on LinkedIn, but, you know, you could even think about just having them as guests on podcasts and then, you know, making sure that they're appearing as influencers there. But if you really want to then turn that podcast into more influence, you would definitely want distribution on your social media because that's where we're 
that's where we're consuming a lot right now. Um, obviously, if you can have the budgets to put put it into TV ads, which no one watches, but like Netflix, and you can start to get your products. If you can start getting a sauna, for example, if you're a product like that, and you can get that into a movie where someone's using a sauna, of course, you know, you're going to get way huge returns as well. So, you know, it depends where you are at, but it's a great place to start um, doing influencer marketing. Also, the sooner you start, the better you get it over time, right? Because you, you'll learn what works. You'll learn what you're thinking. You'll become a better writer and thinker and like speaker as, you know, your own journey probably has shown you, Mel, you know, over the, the years that you've been doing this. Um, exactly. I was a really crap writer before, by the way, because I was an accountant, you know, I came from that and from doing it for the last three years and investing into writing and even showing you guys, you know, how to write exactly make sure you have a really catchy line at the top and showing you guys how to divide it out so you can post in that same styling which actually works on social media um yeah it takes a bit of time to learn and then see what your audience resonates with it's kind of funny when you when you write content it's almost like journaling and when you journal you you naturally come up with more ideas that are actually prevalent for your company so it's quite interesting the knock on effect you're trying to give education to your audience but in a sense like journaling you educate yourself and it's powerful yeah i remember when chris walker came on our podcast a couple of episodes ago and he said the reason i do podcasts is so i can explore my thoughts and that's what i think I think also content can let you do is explore some of your thoughts because you're having to write it down. I love it. What a great concept. Well, thank you both of you for coming on and sharing it. I really enjoyed this particular episode because I felt, you know, we could really talk about things that we talk about internally and bring it out to the forefront of other people to listen of what goes on through our minds as we're developing out the CEO influencer offering. So um, I wanted to just thank you both for being yeah, sharing and being authentic and um, yeah, having this yeah, great podcast with me. It was just like having a chat like we usually do. It's great. <laughs> you are listening to Innovative Minds with Melanie Francis. Tune in every Thursday and spark your mind.